If you have your Bible with you, could you turn with me to Luke chapter 17? This morning as I got up and was praying and um, just looking at my sermon and getting ready to come in today, I just felt like God made an adjustment. So um, we're going to have a little bit different message today than what I told Lois we were going to have on Thursday. <laughs> so um, this is a great time to be thankful, isn't it? Amen. It's, I mean... As America, we pick one day a year, and we're, we're thankful on that one day, even though we're Americans 365 days a year. We're so blessed. I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. Two of my biggest problems in life is always gaining weight and having too much stuff. <laughs> now, I, haven't, I don't actually have to rent a storage unit. I know some people have to have multiple storage units because they have so much stuff. And that, that's, that's an America problem, maybe an England problem, maybe even some Canada problem. But in Africa, they don't have to rent places to put their extra stuff just in case they might want to use it sometime in the future. And so I think it's just a great time. Whew. I hope your eyes are a lot better than mine. Um, uh, in Thanksgiving, it's just, I think it's just a great time for just to, to kind of do a roll call for ourselves and in our lives and what we're thankful for and what we have. Um, that's just what I told you, the reference. So that's Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. So you can look it up on your phone, your device, or your Bible. Um, so today I just want to give us a chance to uh, gear up for more than one day of thankfulness, so to speak. I mean, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. And it's, it's really simple. It takes almost no preparation. It's basically like going grocery shopping. Uh, it's cooking a, a deluxe meal and then enjoying friends and family. That's all you got to do to have Thanksgiving. Oh. I might have to tell you about my magic box. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, whereas Christmas, you have, uh, I mean, it, it, Christmas takes on life itself. You've got specials, you've got shows, you've got this, you've got that. All the decoration, every room has to be decorated. All the candies, the gifts, the wrapping, the going. The, it's like, oh my goodness gracious. What's Christmas about? It's wearing me out. Oh, it's the birth of our Savior. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right? Hello? Anybody? So Thanksgiving for me, Thanksgiving is just super, it's, it's easier than Christmas. <laughs> Try to be inclusive today. And so today I just want to try to encourage us uh, for the, the once a week time that we get to celebrate Thanksgiving. Even in the stores when you go in, there'll be signs talking about Thanksgiving. When you watch TV commercials, they'll be talking about Thanksgiving. And every single one of those, whether they're a little bit off or not, it still is a reminder to us to be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. We really, really do. So today I'm going to talk about um, salvation, but and in a sense of like, so sometimes my Thanksgiving list is about, I thank God for, you know, my home and the, my refrigerator and the heat works. I can take a hot shower anytime I want and I got any kind of clothes I want to wear. I can literally go and eat anything I want to eat today from almost anywhere in the world as Americans. That, that's not saying a whole lot. I mean, I can go right down to family fair. I can get shrimp. I can get a steak if I want. I can get fresh fruit from almost anywhere. Very few people on the planet can do those kind of things. Uh, it's because we're so blessed, West Michigan and America. We're really blessed. But more than that, um, I'm really grateful for God's forgiveness. 
for his forgiveness that came to my life. I've been saved 32 years now, more than 32 years, but I still am so grateful for God's forgiveness because when I was still a God hater, he lined up things in my life so I could go somewhere and hear the gospel. And on that day, on that Tuesday, June 18th, way back in 1991, I, I heard the gospel for the first time. It changed my life. I, fi I finally heard it. I probably, I probably heard it before that, but I heard it inside and out, if, if you know what I mean. I heard it spiritually, that because of God's great love, his son Jesus went and died this horrible death so that anybody that wanted to believe that God loved him, that Jesus died on this cross, that he completely died, was dead for three days, and then rose again as proof all sin was paid for, anybody that chooses to believe in the love and the payment could be born again and completely forgiven. Whoa. It changed my everything, still changed my everything to this day. So when I think of Thanksgiving, it starts right there. starts with salvation. starts with God loving me. I was an atheist, guys. And I mean, I was full of hate, full of hopelessness, a stone-cold atheist. Uh, part of it was, I think, if there really was a God and he was a good God, I had done so much bad, he would never forgive me. And so it's just easier, less pain to think, well, there is no God rather than a God that would reject me. And I don't know if I actually thought that through, but I think that was in there at some level. So on that day, when I found out that God loved me, he paid for all my sin, it's all washed clean, I'm completely forgiven, born again in open heavens with God. Wow, come on. That's way better than anything I can get at Family Fair today. Amen? It's better than anything I can order on Amazon. Way better. And so today I want to talk about a story in the Bible, and that's, that's the fine print up there. Almost looks like... We're going to the lawyer today to <laughs> sign away on something. <laughs> um, uh, just so you know, this is kind of an inside joke with me and Andy. We're kind of developing a new thing to be able to get our texts up there and working with a new program, part of the overhaul of our whole audio video system in the room. So please be patient with us. I know the teenagers could probably read that, but the rest of us that are anywhere in my neck of the woods, probably tough. You can see it? Oh, so it's just me. It's just me. Okay, awesome. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Awesome. Cool. So I'll read the story, and then we'll, I just want to highlight a few things. So Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, excuse me, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. And so this morning, this week, as we're going into Thanksgiving, um, if you're like me, there's things in my life that I have total victory over. There's things in my life that I have a partial victory over. And so today I want to try to encourage us to go for the total victory in some areas simply by doing what this Samaritan leper did. It says that he was healed, but he came into complete wholeness by being thankful. 
Isn't that amazing? When we think all the ways that people try to tell us to have more faith or build our faith or memorize this and pray that and do this step and 12 step and four step and all these different things, it's, it, it's really simple. In this story, it's super simple because a Samaritan who was a leper was in many ways like us before we got saved. It's a really good picture of who we really were outside of God before we got born again. So let's look at a couple things uh, a little bit closer. First off, let's look at leprosy. Um, probably most of us have never been around a leper or seen leprosy. I've seen it in Africa. I've seen it in Haiti. It's nasty. Uh, it's a death sentence most of the time. A lot of, there's, there's lots of different types of leprosy, but most of the leprosy that you see in the Bible, oftentimes they would die a long, horrible, lingering death. It, it's horrible. Everything I've ever seen of it, it was horrible. It, at this time, in the Bible time, um, not only was it a physical problem, but they actually, the Jewish people believed it was God's judgment on a person. If they had leprosy, they must have been in sin. And so not only do they not want to get sick by them, but they, they would ostracize them because they're just not good enough to do church with them. It, it, it's really shocking. So a leper was considered utterly unclean, physically and spiritually. He or she could not approach within six feet of a person, including family members. Uh, his clothes, he had to walk around with torn clothes. He had to keep his head bare. Now, most males would have had a hair, head covering. Even women would have had long hair. Women would have had to shave their head. Men would have had to shave their head and not wear a hat for this leper. And all their clothes are torn, just like if you were grieving, if you're mourning, you'd tear your clothes so that somebody could see. It's a mark of death. It's a sign of death. This is the picture of these people. And so he also had to have a mask covering from here down so you couldn't breathe or cough on anyone. And all of it had to be black. People considered people with leprosy to be the living dead. They had to wear completely black garments so they could be recognized from a far distance away. And they also, while they're going down the street, had to declare leper. I'm a leper. I have leprosy as they're walking. Or they could be stoned for not warning everybody how bad they were. Wow. A leper would be completely banished as an outcast, totally ostracized from society, completely. And if you think of it, if this is sin, then the Jews, the church community looking on these people would have said, well, they're physically dying, but they're also spiritually dying because they're sinners. So God don't want nothing to do with them either. So it's a good thing we've got them staying away from us. Whew. Anybody ever feel like that when, before you're saved and how church people treated you? I, I, I definitely felt that a few times. So he was banished. He was an outcast. Um, let's see. He could not even live within the walls of a city. So you had to camp outside of the camp, outside of the city, all by yourself or in a leper colony. That's where they got the leper colonies from. They would have to go and live alone like that. So he was thought to be polluted and incurable by any human means whatsoever. Leprosy could only be cured by God. So I think it's really cool in this story as we're looking at these lepers, um, they do get healed. And so the whole crowd, as judgmental as they were, or fearful, afraid of, because if you, if you want to be really kind, you go up and you hug this leper, oh, God bless you. And then you catch leprosy, you're going to die from it. So some of it was 
real genuine fear of dying from something that was incurable unless God healed them. And so these 10 lepers run into Jesus and Jesus heals them all. So not only is it like, you know, lepers, things, two things are declared. Not only are lepers not any worse than the rest of us, they just got a disease, but Jesus Christ has the power to heal. Amen. Amen. You know, Jeanette could barely walk out of the house today when we went to leave. She's got an ankle that aggravates her now and then. She could, I mean, she's doing this down our kitchen hall. So I quick just stopped, put my stuff down, laid hands on her ankle and prayed for her. She's here, folks. Jesus still heals today. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So imagine the anguish. The total heartbreak of a leper being completely cut off from family, friends, and society. Imagine the emotional and mental drain that any average leper would have been going through. Well, there's another thing in this story that sticks out. And this, again, think of yourself before you met God. Walking in all your sin, walking in all your addictions, walking in all your anger, all your offenses, all your messed up, jacked up life. I I sure was. I, I was a leper but I also was a foreigner. Because it says there was 10 healed, nine were Jewish, one was Samaritan. So he's the wrong religion right off the bat. He's the wrong nationality right off the bat. And he's the wrong race right off the bat. And he's a leper. Man, that's worse than three strikes. That's like four strikes that this guy had. The word here means a person who was a foreigner or a stranger, a person from a different nation, different race, and a different religion. You know, in America, you can be a white uh, Catholic American, you can be a black Baptist American, you can be all these different combinations. If you're a true Jew, that's your nationality. You're, you're an Israelite, that's your nationality, that's your race, and that's the nation you live in. It's all three, it's a big deal. To be Samaritan, you're none of the above. And so when you're called a foreigner by them, you are outside. You are outside of every blessing that we can have as Jews, as believers in the one true God, a Samaritan was human trash to them. And I don't think I'm saying it too highly. It would be like what uh, many of the cowboys thought of Native Americans. It would be like what the KKK thought of blacks 150 years ago. That's how much hatred it was between the Israelites and the Samaritans. They really thought they were like not even human in some aspects. There were 10 lepers, but only one was a foreigner. Before they were saved, the Bible calls us the very same thing. We're foreigners excluded, without hope, and without God. Listen to this. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Paul says, at that time, you were without the Messiah, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. That's how Paul describes all of us before we get born again. So everything we see about this with this whole, the, this leper who was a Samaritan goes for each one of us before we come to Christ. At that time, you were without the Messiah, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Whew, man. So the of the 10 guys that get healed as they're going, which I'm not going to 
I'm purposely not going to get sidetracked today in talking about obedience. But there is something about obedience when God tells you to do something and you do it, he blesses obedience. Because he told the 10 lepers, go over to the priests and tell them God did for you. As they walked over there, before they got there, in the act of obedience going over there, they got healed. That's pretty cool. So I'll bet all of us are in the act of walking out obedience in our life to God. Can we expect something good to happen even as we're walking it out? We're not there yet, but we're trying to get somewhere on this journey just like these guys. All 10 of them, not, not two out of 10, all 10 got healed walking in obedience to God. Okay, move on, Mike. We're not getting sidetracked in obedience. The most rejected was the most thankful. I love that. I really love that because I know, I know how bad a guy I was. I know how bad a guy I could still be without the Lord. And so I got plenty to be thankful for all the time. How about you guys? When was the last time that you just thanked God for forgiving you of that one night where you did all this other stuff or that one year when you were living like this or those three years when you were into that junk or how you treated your parents or how you treated this person or that. When was the last time you just kind of go back through and go, oh man, God, I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget how much you have forgiven me. It wasn't a simple little thing. You didn't pay a $150 fine to get me out of jail. Your son died on the cross to forgive all my horrible sins. Thank you, God, so much. The word stranger in this, is literally the stranger from covenants of promise, just like what Paul said. The other nine were Jewish citizens. So they had the right nationality, they had the right race, and they had the right religion. But the most rejected was the most thankful. Ephesians 2, verse 12, I've read it a couple times. He had felt his need more keenly and more deeply. He knew he needed to be saved. The other guys, well... They were promised a Messiah. They had citizenship in Israel. They had the covenants of promise, and they had a God. All I need to do really is just get healed. Otherwise, I'm already okay. Ugh, they missed the whole point. They were so sure about how good their outside was, that's all they ever thought about was the outside. The Samaritan knew his outside was jacked up, but he knew his inside was jacked up too. So when he went and he got his outside cleaned, he, he experienced his inside change too and hope arose. And he had to go back to this guy that healed him and just say, thank you. you. You healed me inside and out. The other nine, well, I already got all that stuff. I already go to church. I, I don't really need to get saved. I'm not really all that bad. Yikes. Despite the fact that he had never known any of the promises of God. He wasn't raised up in a synagogue. He didn't know the Bible, didn't know the Torah, didn't know any of that stuff. Despite the fact of all that, when he, did, he, he was told to do one thing, he walked, he did that one thing, and he got healed, he had to run back and worship and be thankful. Whew. So awesome. So in verse 14, it says, go and show the priest, and they did, and all 10 were cleansed and healed. Verse 19 says, and your faith has made you well, has made you whole. So in verse 19 of Luke 17, Jesus said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Some of the versions say has made you whole. It's, it's, a, it's way more than just being healed on the outside. All 10 
were healed of leprosy. One had a born-again experience that day. One had hope arise and fell them completely on the inside. One of them had to change inside just as much as on the outside. The other ones were still kind of lepers on the inside. I think the original nine that never came back talked to Jesus, the God that just cured leprosy, remember, every Jew would have known to get healed, God had to do it. None of them bothered to go back and say thanks. None of them bothered to even try to bring a friend. They didn't come back. It's like, oh my goodness. Ten go out, act of obedience, they get healed in the outside, but only one was made whole. This is how Paul puts it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossians 1, verse 12 through 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, I don't know how much he got, but I'm pretty sure that Samaritan got a big chunk of this that day. When, when he got healed on the outside, I think he got set free on the inside. This is how Peter says it. Same thing, but he says it just a little different. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Both these guys... These great theologians, the father of our faith, both of them said, you know, you guys used to be the wrong nationality. You guys used to be the wrong religion. You guys used to be the wrong race. But now you're a special priesthood. You're a holy nation. Now you're God's people. You came from darkness and hopelessness, and now you're in his light, living with God as part of his family. Whew. We're not lepers anymore. I'm a leper, watch out. I'm a leper, watch out. Uh, none of us did that, did we? But if you could see some of the tapes of me in my teens and in my 20s, I sure did walk around talking death. I sure did walk around looking like a leper. Sure did walk around looking like, you know what? I'm going to cross the road so I don't have to talk to that guy. Absolutely. How about you guys? You remember being anything like that? And God comes to us and says, hey, check this out. I love you so much, my son Jesus is going to go to the cross for you. I love you so much, I want to take you out of all this stuff that's killing you, that's breaking you down, that's bringing hopelessness and despair, and I want to bring you into my marvelous light because of his great love. Whew. We got such a great God. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. So what can we learn from this today? Out of all that we looked at, what, what can we learn from this? Well, we know that we're saved by grace through faith, Right? It's still the greatest deal in the galaxy. Saved by grace through faith. So God's grace comes to me. I receive it by faith. Yep, I believe everything you said, God. 
I believe this is you inside me stirring hope and stirring faith and, and bringing my, my, my whole expectation of more up to you. God, that, that's your grace, and I believe it. Saved by grace through faith. Wow. I, you mean I don't have to go to catechism for three years? Mm-mm. Oh, I don't have to give the church $500 every month? Mm-mm. Oh, I don't have to pray six hours every No. I don't have to make some pilgrimage to Italy and do No. Believe how good God is. Believe his word when he says he loves you and he wants to translate you from a kingdom of death into his marvelous light. As his family, full of hope, full of forgiveness. Today we can see that faith expressed in thanksgiving brings complete wholeness. Ten people got healed, only one was made completely whole. And it was through the power of being thankful. I, I can be thankful. Now, I can't be any taller. I can't be any faster. I can't do some of the stuff I was in my 20s, but today I can be thankful. Yeah. We, we all can. Yeah. Guess what? We're coming up on our national holiday to be thankful on Thursday. Very few of us will have to work on Thursday. We're going to have time set aside with the people that mean the most to us to be able to be thankful with. Man, I love this holiday. So this stranger who was outside of all the promises, outside of hope, the wrong everything plus a leper <laughs> was healed inside and out. All of us are better off than this leper. I guarantee you that. All of us are way better off than this. When we got saved, all of us were better off than this leper. How much more now? So what about the other nine? Did they only get healed on the outside because they were stuck in ungratefulness? They, they didn't come back. Jesus said, you were healed by your faith, but now you've been made whole by coming in. What happened to the other nine? Did they still have hopelessness? Did they, were they stuck in fear? What about when they see a spot, just a liver spot when you get old? Trust me, it's just liver spots. But when they got a liver spot, it's coming back. Ah, it's coming back. Where, where'd that guy go? Where, where, where'd that guy go? Any, anybody know? What? They wouldn't have any idea where it was because they couldn't have cared less about going back. They, they, they did not want to talk to Jesus again. I wonder where those nine ended up. They were the right nationality, the right race, the right religion, and they should have been healed. They deserved it. That's, that's what I think. Do you know the opposite of thankfulness is entitlement? Good things happen to me because I'm entitled to have good things. I deserve good things, and other people should be very busy making good things happen to me. And if you don't make good things happen to me, it's your fault, right? We're surrounded by, a, I'm not going to hit an age group because I see it in every age group nowadays. It's the opposite of gratefulness is entitlement. These guys had all the promises of God. They had the right God, the right this, the right that. So I think once they got healed, well, that's all I needed was the outside. My inside's already perfect. Whew. Okay. <laughs> the stranger knew only that he was healed and made whole by the love of God. He knew he didn't deserve a single thing, and yet somehow he got this gift of life, of hope, this gift of this whole different future, and it changes everything. Whew. Yes, Lord. He knew everything was different. He knew. 
He had to run back and thank God because only God could heal him. I have to run back and thank God for what he's done. I got to make sure he knows how thankful I am. So how about us? As, as we take this out of here and, and, and we try to apply something to our lives, how about us? When was the last time that you went back to Jesus, quote unquote, and just spent some time thanking him for everything? And you know, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for the stuff in my life. I, I really am more thankful for the people and for the inside stuff that I can't get anywhere else, that no person can give me. I'm more thankful for that. I'm thankful for forgiveness and acceptance and adoption and fulfillment and contentment. You can't buy that stuff on Amazon. You can't. Stuff will not give you contentment. I am so grateful for this new life with him and the fellowship of the living God. Because when we get born again, this is one of my favorite verses. I'm going to close on this. Then I'm, I'm going to run the slides, the PowerPoint message after this, if we can do that. So listen to this verse. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things. I, I love it. I love it. When I got saved, I, I knew that something had happened. When I got born again, I knew something happened because I had joy for the first time. I had hope. I didn't remember feeling like that any of my whole adult life. And even now to this day, I still can experience the fresh presence of God in worship or, or just getting in the word, just getting in a room, just me and God. I, I don't have to have a church full of people to help me get in the presence of God. Amen. That's another great thing. So I just want to encourage us as we, as we leave here today, we're going to go through another PowerPoint, which is, I show this almost every single Thanksgiving, and it just reminds us of how blessed we really are with most of the things that are in our lives right now. So can we run that other PowerPoint, please? So if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, oh, can you slow that down, please? So if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the million who will not survive this week. Next one, please. If you have never... If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you are ahead of 500 million people around the world. If you attend a church meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, you're more blessed than almost 3 billion people in the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your heart, head, and a place to sleep, you're richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and spare change in a dish someplace, you're among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If your parents are still married and alive, you are very rare, even in the United States. If you can read this message, you're more blessed than over 2 billion people in the world that cannot read anything at all. If you can hold someone's hand, hug them, or even touch them on the shoulder, you're blessed because you can offer God's healing touch. 
If you hold up your head with a smile on your face and are truly thankful, you are blessed because the majority can, but most do not. 70% of Americans say that they're Christians. Only 6% of these self-proclaimed Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to redemption. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. Born-again believers must share the gospel with those around them. Okay, you can stop it there. If you're born again, you're one of the richest people in America. Only 6% of Christians in the Americas, in America, own that wealth. So I put that last little stat on there because uh, in the last survey that this guy that does tons of surveys did, 69% of America claim that they're Christians right now. 69% of us Americans say we're Christians, which I look at that number, then I look at the elections, and I go, well, somebody's, somebody's doing the math wrong because that, that just doesn't jive with what we're seeing. But then when he asked more pointed questions of people that say to be Christians, only 6% believe Jesus is the only way to the Father. Only 6% believe that the Bible, that this is true. Only 6% believe those two things. Only 6% of American Christians believe that it's Christians' duty to share the gospel with the people around them. That's what makes us born-again Christians, that, those, that Jesus is the Son of God, he was who he said he was, uh, that he is the only way to heaven, the only way to God. And so if, if that's you, if you believe those things, not only do you have all the other stuff wealth that I, I showed in the beginning slides, but you have the spiritual wealth. You, you would be like the Samaritan that came back. You'd be the one out of 10. You'd be the 6% that know God saved you. Not because not you're pretty good, only need a little save. You know you got saved by grace through faith, by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? So Thanksgiving's coming up. I just want to encourage us. Let, let's just, let's go overboard. Thanking God for all the stuff that we have. You know, all of us have stuff in our lives. I could complain to you about some stuff. I could tell you about some of the things that are concerning in my life. But you know what? Even in that, I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm I've got plenty to be thankful for. Man, I got a family that loves me. I got church people that love me. I'm a part of this family. I got mostly my health. I'm pretty good health for 62 years old. Man, I got a car that starts every single time. Heat still works at my house. I, I'm blessed. I got peace in my heart. I got a relationship with the living God. Man, I got other Christians in my life that are praying for me, encouraging me. That goes for you guys too. It's only Sunday. Thursday's a big day. Let's ramp it up between now and then. Let's just, let's just go overboard being thankful to God. God, I thank you for these shoes. Man, they, they ain't got no holes in them. Thank you, Lord. Why not? Lord, I thank you for that flat screen TV that I'm going to watch football on today. Yep. Yeah, got to start somewhere. <laughs> Otherwise, what are we going to do? We only have to wait till everything's perfect before we're going to be? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So let's just, let's go overboard and be thankful this week. Let's be the Samaritan who knew he was the wrong everything until God got a hold of him and changed his everything, and then he was right. He had everything right then. He was made whole. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to close today in prayer. Lord, I thank you for every single person that's here today or listening on the Internet this week. Lord, I ask that you just continue to stir in them how much they have to be thankful for. Lord, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear the blessings in our lives that we can give you thanks for. Lord, I think most of us right here, I, I think all of us today, Lord,
know that we have so many reasons to thank you for because of your goodness to us, because of your generosity to us, because of your great love to us. And Lord, I ask that you would just help us to see more and more all that you've done in us, all that you've done for us, all that you're doing for us right now, all that you're using us for. Lord, would you help us this week to be encouraging, uh, the encouraging voice in people's life. Today, Lord, um, I'm just mindful that Thanksgiving's this week and Christmas is about a month away. And sometimes the holidays are the hardest time of year for people. And so, Lord, would you help us here today, all of us that are so thankful, would you help us to be able to tell people about Jesus Christ and the love of God? Would you help us to be confident? We don't need to be harsh. We don't need to be loud. But would you help us to be confident in the love of God that we have, that we can share it with those around us. Would you help us to be confident so that we can just pray simple prayers for the love of God to come to people's hearts? Would you help us to do this? Father, we believe like the leper, only you can completely heal people in and out. So Lord, as we go, as, we, as we're thankful, as we share the love of God with people, Lord, would you please cause people in our lives that we know to come to know you. We're asking for salvation in our families, salvation in our neighborhoods, salvation where we work, salvation uh, with acquaintances, maybe strangers we meet the first time at Walmart this day. Father, would you help us to be thankful, to share your love, and to preach the gospel confidently. I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask you bless your people. Uh, today, as I was saying, we've had some things we've had total victory. Some things we're still walking it out. Lord, would you please bless those areas in your people's lives? Every man, woman, family, home that's represented in here today, Lord, would you please show us your goodness? Just like you showed them lepers, would you show us your goodness and bring us to victory now in Jesus Christ's mighty name? Amen.